This is a Demon FM podcast. You are listening to Have You Seen It? with Tom, Ellis and Dan. Hello and welcome to another installment of the Have You Seen It? podcast where it's me, Tom, and beside me are Ellis and Dan. We're going to be talking about all things film again. Now it's been a week off since we've done this, so a lot of things have changed, haven't they, Dan? Uh, yes, they have, yes. Yeah, box office-wise, it's, it's, I was looking at it a couple of days ago, and my, my, have things changed already. But we'll, we'll get to that uh, pretty soon. Um, what else have we got on the show? I shall be talking, be reviewing, after the, after the box office, Doctor Sleep. I saw it last week, uh, and I thought it was pretty good. I quite enjoyed it. And uh, we'll also be talking about uh, features such as the new Le Mans 66 with Christian Bale and White, uh, Last Christmas. Last Christmas. Last Christmas uh, with, uh, with new music, George Michael. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. All that yet to come. Let's just start off, shall we, I think? Uh, I think that's, that would be good. Yeah, uh, because then we can talk about number five, which is something was that debuted last week, yeah. um, and that was Terminator: Dark Fate. Yes, which made ten point eight million dollars this uh, last weekend, uh, down sixty three percent. Which yeah, is yeah, I think it's a large like the, drop. It's like one of the worst, op- like openings and like worst drop offs. I think I've ever seen for uh, a film <laughs> for me it wasn't unexpected no no wrong no. uh, it there's been a slow decline with the terminator franchise and we briefly spoke about it in the past couple of podcasts so there has been a slow decline with the terminator franchise um genesis was got very mixed reviews i think although you know um did to still did better so <laughs> it's yeah. how long can they yeah. keep up with this and i think um Schwarzenegger's actually come out recently to say that there is favourite films to make and he will carry on making them as long as, you know, people still want them. And there probably is still a fan base there for it. Mm. Yes, this... there, there definitely is, but I think it's the Terminator fan base is so small now. Yeah. That nobody, that, like, they're only, I only know like a finite amount of people that actually still like the Terminator films and still would want to, who still love the first two and would still go out and see the, the the others and then this this just proves like oh just it's just it's just awful yeah it's just awful uh, this film is currently at 50 million domestically mm. uh at 150.9 million internationally yeah for 200.9 worldwide which is about 150 million lower than it should be yeah right what's, it, what's its budget 185 185 million dollars is the budget and it's 11 million behind genesis right now that's just domestically worldwide it's a lot further behind <laughs> yeah yeah um I bet. but this is an absolute flop oh yes the only film that i've seen do worse was the 2009 friday the 13th mm-hmm. which opened to 40 million dollars and then that dropped 80 percent in its second weekend yeah yeah um so this is a flop yes we um, can all agree and every conceivable level it is a flop yes and to be fair, this weekend was kind of a bloodbath at the box office. It was, yeah. Because at number four, we have Last Christmas, yeah, which opened to twelve point nine million dollars, which is about on expectations. Mm. Um, 
it made 3.1 million internationally for 16 million worldwide. Uh, a comp I looked for was Arthur Christmas, which came out in 2011, and that made $12.1 million in its opening weekend. It went on to make $46.5 million and uh, went on to do worldwide $149.7 million. The thing is with this, this might have really good legs because obviously Christmas isn't for another five, six weeks. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so this could have good legs going into the Christmas holiday. There's yeah. been a pattern um, the past couple of years um, where film Christmas films haven't been doing particularly well at the box office, um, but then you're seeing them hit sort of new highs on the streaming services uh, and the you know specifically Christmas TV channels. If anybody's still watching live TV these days, um, but. I don't know. It, there's a bit of an interesting cast. This uh, one of Amelia Clark's stepping up. I suppose she's stepped up a number because, of course, she was in uh, Terminator Genesis. So um, <laughs> she's now do it, taking the number four spot with the Christmas films. Yes, yes. So we're going to be talking about uh, Last Christmas because uh, it's it's out uh, here on uh, Friday. On Friday, yeah. So we'll be talking about more uh, about that later in the podcast at number three. At number three, um, I realise I meant to say 11.9 million for Last Christmas because the next one's playing with fire uh, with 12.7 million. 12, yeah. Mm. Right. So, have anybody heard of this before they saw it in the box yes. office? Because I saw, yeah, I saw a trailer for it and it looks not good. Not good. It's got John Cena in it as a firefighter and uh, the, uh, the fire department that he works for has to take on uh, a couple of kids and they and they do comedy things. Yes, yes, like an unlikely family type story, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, it did two point five million internationally. It's a seventeen point five million worldwide. Um, a comp I looked for was Instant Family, which came out last year. Uh, that made fourteen point five million dollars, a bit more. Uh, it ended with sixty seven point four million internationally and one hundred nineteen point seven worldwide. Um. Yes, that's the kind of the comp I saw where this one's probably going to perform a bit similar to that one. Yeah. Uh, it I, <laughs> it I, seems uh, like a similar type of film. I looked at the reviews and all the reviews I looked at so far, it, it doesn't it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. The reviews I've looked at are like pretty much atrocious. But John Cena, everybody likes John Cena, right? You like John Cena? I like yeah. John Cena. He was good in a couple of things. He was good in Bumblebee. He was, yeah. I liked him in that, uh, but we'll see see how far this one gets because you know it's at number three and um, it might go down a couple of places. But I don't I don't think it will go too far down. Yeah, on next week, number four and number three, I feel like uh, are going to have pretty good legs going into the Christmas holiday uh, and Thanksgiving, which is next week. No, it's not next weekend. It's the weekend after. It's the weekend after. It's Frozen yeah. Two weekend. Yes, twenty second. Yes. Um, but this had a budget of twenty five million, so it's it's gonna make money. Oh yeah, as well with uh, last Christmas, thirty million dollar budget, that's gonna make money, um, just because the budget's so low, and plus it's gonna like, it's gonna do really well on Netflix stuff like that. Mm -hmm. At number two, it's a surprise. It's uh, a flop, <laughs> and it's a flop. It's Doctor Sleep at around fourteen point one million dollars. Yes, fourteen million. Now this was this was projected to make Wait, yes. twenty five million. 
on its opening weekend, which it hardly even made like 10 million less. I mean, like it didn't even make 15 million, which is, don't know, maybe it's just Stephen King, King fatigue. I, yeah. I think I would put it down to that confusing connection to the original that we've spoke about before. Um, and now you two have now seen it. I haven't. You haven't. <laughs> uh, so only Tom's seen it. Um, but uh, like I say, I was supposed to get around to seeing it. I couldn't because of flooding and such. So um, I'm not sure exactly how uh, tenuous the connection is to uh, The Shining, but I've I've heard that it, it can be a little bit confusing. So for those people that have wanted to watch watch it as a sequel, they've probably... Uh, and took advice from friends that have said it's you know it's maybe not as closely linked to the original film as you might expect i think we can all agree that dr sleep is snoring at the box office though yes um, waiting for someone to make that i've been waiting for someone to make that pun so internationally it did 19.9 million dollars uh, and worldwide it's at 35.6 million dollars which mm. is bad on a 45 million dollar budget yeah Oh, only forty, only five five million budget though. The, I thought it was bigger. The thing is, with this film, uh, if we compare it to The Shining that came out in nineteen eighty, this is probably going to make less than its unadjusted number, which was forty four million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and adjusted to twenty nineteen, that would be one hundred and forty nine point one million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, th- this is an awful, awful opening opening yes. yeah it's it's I, I like the film but you know I can't guess a lot of people numbers. did if they didn't go out and see it yeah. so well uh, I think people did actually like it when they saw it it's just yeah I, I like to see it yeah no I liked it I liked it when I saw it but you know not yeah as you say not enough people are seeing it so it is a shame because it, it is I thought it was it was quite good and at number one finally we have a surprise we it, have a big surprise yes uh midway uh, which is Ronald Ro- Roland Emmerich's Roland Emmerich. next, the well, latest film. Uh, obviously, made twenty twelve, the day after tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, with seventeen point nine million dollars. So, this is the f- actually the first ever weekend in November where a film hasn't uh, topped the box office with at least twenty million dollars. Mm. So, seventeen point nine million dollars, ninety million international for a forty point two million dollar worldwide opening. Um, and I compared this to Hacksaw Ridge, yeah, which came out in November 2016, with 15.2 million dollars. I love Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, that is, is a really good film. Excellent film, Hacksaw Ridge. So. Yeah, but this this is this is Midway Ronan Emmerich's ode to the uh, sort of Pacific theatre of World War Two, um, specifically the Battle of Midway. Yeah, specifically <laughs> the Battle of Midway. So it's after sort of Pearl Harbor happened, and it's it's more. Roman uh, Roland Emmerich like shenanigans, things blowing up. I've, I met, a, I saw it. Like I, I know a couple of people who have seen it, and they thought it's all right, not well, great. It's all right though. The budget was fifty nine point five million dollars, which isn't too bad. Um, they want kind of went for a play for China as well, because mm-hmm. obviously China aren't the biggest fans of Japan. Do you think it'll make up? It's fifty nine. No, no, I think it will. When it comes to the ancillary market, which is basically like everything other than the theatre. Yeah. So like Netflix, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. TV deals. Yeah. Airplanes. And this, and not to forget, this film was like financed and done sort of in, uh, independently, mostly, and was only distributed, picked up by Lionsgate. 
Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I I don't I don't have any interest in this film like whatsoever. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm interested to see it just because I kind of like war films, mm. and this one looks. It looks like the 2012 of war films, which I actually like. 2012. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether a lot yeah, of people have... do. <laughs> yeah. It's really long, and it's. Oh, it is is te- it was terribly long. It's like two hours and the heart two and a half two hours. and a half hours. And yeah, not much happens for me really. Yeah, well, yeah. not much. The ending isn't not strong, much, but when the when the destruction is happening, I I quite enjoyed the destruction. Yeah, which I think if I went to go and see this film, I'd be quite like quite pleased as well because there's a lot of explosions, planes crashing, machine guns firing, and all sorts. All blaze, blaze of glory, blaze, all out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. So. That is the box office topped out, surprisingly. We actually have a few more to talk about. Oh, um, yeah, we do. The speciality and awards box office. Awards box is, office, yes. There's not a lot to talk about this week, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 11 was Jojo Rabbit with yeah. $4 million. Yeah, it's up still 69%. Yeah, it's still open. It's still doing the rounds, the opening. So that's st- not staggered we know opening. It's going to reach over here yet. I think it's like the 31st of January. 31st of January. 31st of January. So we've got a while yet. We've got a while yet. Um, but, you know, its release strategy is interesting. Uh, we talked about that before, opening in sort of select U- US uh, theatres and then obviously going going out. It is technically a wide release in America now with 700, 796 theatres. Mm. Um, number 17, we have Better Days, which is a Chinese film which made uh, just under a million dollars. At 14.1 thousand per theatre. Yeah. Um in 70 theatres. So that's quite good. Yeah. And lastly is Shia LaBeouf's Honey Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh which made three hundred and one thousand dollars for a per theatre average of seventy five thousand. Mm. Which is the top PTA of the week also. And that was in four theatres. Mm. I um, think that might go on to do very quite well, Honey Boy. Yeah. People I don't travel for Shia LaBeouf as well. I don't uh, think it's going to do as well as Parasite, to be fair. Because that was the highest per theatre average of 2019. Mm. And that yeah. made like, nearly, I think it made $12 million. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Parasite. I think it's out yeah. next, month, next month. February. February over here? February 2020. Oh. Oh, I was wrong then. We should not yeah. be getting these delays in 2019. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. I don't, underst- I don't understand. Um, but if that's that's it, that's it. <laughs> so that is the what the box office looks like. Uh, as as we've said, at number one, very surprisingly, it wasn't a very big week. Midway uh, at, uh, tops off, but I think it might have a kind of a sort of a. I'm not sure if it has any legs. Does it have any legs? I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah, it might slip uh, down. It did quite well on Monday. Yeah. Um, I think it did like four million dollars on well, not four million dollars. I think it did. Yeah, four million dollars. I think it did four million dollars on Monday. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, which was a drop of thirty-five percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's just because I think it was a holiday. Yeah, not as bad as not as bad as uh, Terminator A and Doctor Sleep and Doctor Sleep. <laughs> so that is the box office. Um, moving swiftly on, do uh, new releases coming out in UK cinemas? Talk about some of that. And now my top one for this was La Mans. 66, also known as Ford versus Ferrari over in America, starring Christian Bale. 
And Matt Damon. And Matt Damon yes. as well. Yeah. There's a, I, I, th- I forgot his, I well. forgot his name for, for a while. Yeah, probably a couple yeah. of other people. This is the sort of the story of how sort of how F- Ford sort of General Motors wanted to compete in one of the most historic races, like uh, motor races in in the world, and so you know Christ- like Christian Bale and sort of uh, Christian Bale and uh, Matt Damon team up to sort of make a car that would beat Ferrari, and I've heard very good things. Uh, coming out of America. Yeah, uh, I think it's 91% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is quite good. Yeah, I I heard like that there was a good mix. There's like looks like to me like a good act, a mixture of drama and then the racing scenes that quite intense. Actually, like I've seen a couple of like the racing shots and they look they look they look really good. And it's it's Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Damon. <laughs> um. So in the trailer, they look to have like great chemistry and sort of like so that would be that would be interesting. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on this, Ellis? Um, I can't say I've got very much to be honest. Um, yeah. It's have funny you... actually. I've recently started getting more into cars in general and uh, Ford specifically. What with now owning it, owning a Focus, so. I'll I'll probably I'll probably give it a watch. Um, I mean I, I like the odd, the odd racing film. Um, you know ones that stand out to me are. Can't remember what's the one with Rick Lauter. They did. I mean Chris Hemsworth. Oh, Rush. Rush. Rush was very good. Yeah, yeah. Chris. Did you like Turbo? Is that one of your favourite <laughs> racing films? Highlight. I prefer yeah. the Netflix adaptation, but uh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Rush. Rush was was a good film. I quite enjoyed that. It had that sort of same sort of mixture of drama and action as you know. I was I was just I was just talking about and starred um, starred Daniel Bruhl and uh, Chris Hemsworth, and they were they were a really good pairing. I thought. Yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, I mean, Daniel Bruhl's a fantastic guy. That that was one of the main reasons anyway, because I'd been following him for a couple of years before he did Rush um, over in the been doing some knocking out some nice ones in the German cinema at the time, uh, whereas he has uh, managed to successfully get into the Hollywood market now, I think. Uh, yeah. Obviously, most people know him from Civil War. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's made some good, especially his films in, in, in Germany, Goodbye Lenin being one yeah. one of his one of his great performances. But we're getting off track. We yeah. are. <laughs> we are. This is Le Mans 66. I think, what do you think about the title change? I don't like the title change. I think it's okay because it might. I don't know. Ford v Ferrari is a good title. It's very dull, though, isn't it? But it's. Yeah. I think it's going to attract audiences a lot better. Mm. Um, mm. Because I mean, it was a similar thing um, again. Like going going with Rush, like that was something I was, uh, you know, I was familiar with the story of Ricky Latter anyway. But, but like, this is something I'm personally less familiar with, and I think unless you're maybe into that, you know, sort of area of expertise, then uh, you probably you probably only go and see it if it's got something uh, more basic title, such as Ford vs Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah, well, that is Le Mans 66, otherwise known as Ford vs Ferrari. That is out this Friday. The uh, 15 uh, is on wider release, so... Yeah. Go and see it if you're a, a big motor motorhead and and 
I mean, I might go and see it as well because like, I like big car races like up on screen and, you know, like it's entertaining. And Christian Bale and, and Matt Damon seem like a really good pairing. It also doesn't have a very high bar to become number one next week in America no. at least. Yeah, no. We're, we are expecting a new number one <laughs> yeah. this week. Yes. Uh, and the second release we'll be talking about also out uh, this Friday is the release of Last Christmas. Um which has uh, a dragon queen in it. Which has dragon queen in it. Yep, uh, Amelia Clark, and it's it's a it's a Christmas film with with music by the late great George Michael. I guess he's got some new tracks for, or at least one new song released. It, it for might, this yeah, it might be like um, songs that you. I'll let you know. I'm going to see it this Friday with. Uh, You're going to go and see it. Well, um, I'll not try, try not to take us too off track again, but I'm going to see it with uh, my friend. Connor, who's a big George Michael fan, uh, due to the fact that his dad was a somebody who'd a lookalike of George Michael and shot for a lot of magazines around the UK to uh, look like George Michael. So uh, a, a few drinks, and uh, Connor's always on Careless Whisper. So I, uh, it should always <laughs> it should be a, should be a fun one to watch, regardless of the quality of the film. Yeah, yeah, because I've heard things out of America say that it's got a great sporting cast. Yeah. Um, but you know, like but that's about it. It's not really like in terms of a film, it's not really like like top quality. But you know, that's not what people who go and go and see these these types of films like want to go and see. They want to have a good time at the cinema. Like it's near yeah. near enough Christmas and we're all sort of like chilled out and relaxed. We just want to have a good time. And I think that's what this film would will give people a good like it's it's a Christmas rom com. I mean what else did you expect? It's like Love Actually, but like a modern Love Actually. That's the only comparison I could find. Yeah. <laughs> Plus it has Henry Golding in it. Yes. Um, as well. Mm. I've heard that he's good. <laughs> That's I don't have many thoughts about this one because I haven't heard much about it, to mm. be fair. The only, I I saw a trailer. I saw a trailer when it, well, the trailer first dropped a couple of weeks ago and I'm just like, Oh, like because I knew that this film was coming out, but I wasn't sure when it was coming out. And then they released a trailer. And I was like, "Oh, I forgot about this. Who's in it? Oh, Media Clark's in it. Okay, I can kind of get bored bored of it. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm indifferent to like Christmas rom coms or like rom coms in in general, really. But I think a load of people will go out, go out and see it, have a good time. As I said, like, uh, um. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be good. It'll be it'll be good for that. I think, I think people who go and see it will just enjoy it. Yeah, there's a lot more families going to the cinema and Christmas time as well. Um, and you know, yeah, things can just be a bit more. It might just be a bit basic and a bit, you know, a bit fine. But uh, th- that tends to be what the Christmas season is all about with these sorts of films, isn't it? So. Yeah. But then next week is Frozen Two. Yeah. Well, is gonna if- be. Huge because I just heard. I thought Charlie's Angels was actually coming out this week. I'm I was very confused, but that it turns out it comes out here on November 29th. It does the same day as yeah. Silent Bob. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm not we'll sure. That I was, I was that very confused when I was like, "Oh, it's not coming out." <laughs> I'm not sure when it's. I'm not sure when Charlie's Angels is is releasing stateside. Is that this? Yeah, is that this week? week? Yeah. So um, that will be that will probably be in the. In the box office somewhere. Although or, apparently it's expected to only open with about twenty million dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm not expecting it to do. Whereas yeah. Ford v Ferrari is more 
Yeah. 32 and a half. Could you, fi- could you find a budget for Charlie's Angels? I could try. <laughs> Man, but uh, no, well, last Christmas, uh, getting off track again, last Christmas is out on Friday, this Friday, the 15th, um, as well as Le Mans 66. Um, two very different films. We'll have another one here for you, Tom, as well. Yeah. For this this Friday. I'm not sure if you'll have heard of it. It's more musically inclined. Everybody's Everything. Right. That one comes out this Friday. Uh, it's a documentary film about Lil Peep, if uh, that name's familiar to you. Um, it's a uh, very popular stateside. Um, I think it's already been released. Uh, it's only releasing in select theatres over here. Um, so it could be an interesting one, but it's definitely for, you know, a select a niche audience it's for the yeah. peepers out there it's yeah. The, yeah. so uh, yeah. I think there's some good uh, so that means that I probably won't be going because <laughs> I'm not I didn't really like little peeps peeps music but you know yeah. but um, that is also out if there are any listeners to the podcast who like that alternative choice that is the alternative choice there you go for a, a musical documentary uh, but those are the releases uh, coming out uh on Friday this week. Um, moving on to some reviews. I know we've got a few reviews. Dan, uh, you want to talk about... Call Me By A Name. Yep. Which is a 2017 film about a boy called Elio who has... Uh, his father has exchange students come in during the summer. Um, the exchange student is called Oliver. And they have a blossoming romance together for that summer. And there's a peach in it as well. <laughs> there is, yeah, there is. Yeah. There, there is definitely a peach in it. And oh, thank you, Dan. <laughs> just to remind everyone who's seen it, it it's a very harrowing scene. Um, very. <laughs> it, it's a weird scene. <laughs> you see, you know, you've seen it. More than once now. I, I've seen it a lot more than once. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's what, like what one is, of my favorite. Films. What is it? What is it? What is it that uh, that you love about it so much? Cause... I don't know. It's kind of like um, it's an ode to Italy, kind of as well, as well as being a gay romance film, which obviously I'm all over. Um, it's also an ode to Italy, and there's amazing cinematography of like all the nature around Italy, like mm. stuff around the lake. Um, they have a lot of pools and a lot of water around them yeah. <laughs> it's very um, I think it's set in 80 something or other yeah it's in one the, of the 80s. 1980s yeah. um, and, but it's uh, it's not a typical typical view of the 80s really because like you say it's that uh, it's set in a small small town in Italy a lot yeah. of it's at this little country home um, yeah. it looks very rural yeah, yeah. And, so it's know. a very different view from what you because I mean even when you if you think of something more rural uh, obviously uh, in this country um, but it's still yeah it's it's not something that's often shown on the American and American cinema is the sort of rural Italy um, in that time period it's sort of a very specific uh, place to be and it looks stunning and obviously it won an Oscar for its screenplay uh, adapt, best adapted screenplay yeah and there is a sequel actually coming out. Oh, is there? Um, called Find Me, mm-hmm. and that yeah, the book came out not long ago. It's a direct sequel. Yes. Um, and the same person can direct it, Luca Guadagnino. Luca Guadagnino, who's a rising star. Yeah. In the 
in the film industry. He's, um, he also made the um, the 2018 remake of Suspiria, which I enjoyed very much. But no, he's 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 a really good director. Yeah, Luca Guadagnino. He's he, he really is. He something he's got something there. I I just like really enjoy this film, not just because it's it's obviously a very um what's oh, don't I'm trying to find the word now. It's a very it's not a typical gay romance because mm. normally they're like very very sad. Um, obviously there's a lot of Oscar winning sad gay films out there. But this one isn't exactly like sad until like right at the end, which I find yeah, I better. It was like a stepping stone to Love Simon, I guess, because that's actually like a fully happy mm. gay film, which there's not many of. Yeah. Have um, you seen Love Simon? Yeah, I love that film yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, but also the fact that uh, the talk between Elio and his father at the end um, is a really good scene. Just because, yeah, it's uh, a lot. Well, I think the difference is is that it's still a coming of age story, which a lot of the time these uh, gay romance films are. Um, but it's not, again, like I said before, it's not that typical sort of American high school setting, anything like that. Um, so this is almost, in fact, it's it's a hundred percent. It's um, you know, it's a more adult film than something comparatively like Love Simon, which I would say is more aimed at that higher te- higher older teen audience um so yeah it's interesting i was going somewhere with this thread but i've completely <laughs> lost it um, also like i just want to point out that um might have to edit this out i don't know mm-hmm. uh, edit out of the um radio version mm-hmm. but there's two films that came out around the same time uh ladybird and call me by your name yeah. Yeah. that both have very shall i say quick sex scenes with between timothy chalamet and somebody else yeah just because i don't know that it, it's just because like it happens so fast basically yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah don't worry we're not normally yeah. like this. no we're not we're not we're not typically this raunchy no. are we no <laughs> right no, no, no. but that is that is dan's film that is call, yes. call me by your name um, an amazing film. An amazing film. Ellis, do you have anything for us? Have you seen anything? Uh, anything well, caught your eye? I thought um, next week I will probably revisit Timothy Chalamet. Um, and as I think I'm going to try and get, get the king in. I'm a big fan of uh, Joel Edgerton. So I'll, mm. uh, that's one for you next week. Um, I did rewatch In the Loop. Um, which is it's a good film. It is a very good film, um, and strangely relevant mm. in, to some degree in at the moment. The, yeah, in the um, loop. I'm not in the loop. In, a, in the loop film. If you if you don't know, is based off of the classic BBC show in the thick of it, um, a political satire, British political satire. It is really good if you have seen it. Um, what do you think of In the Loop? Well, um, it does, of course, star. Our late doctor now, I guess, uh, Peter Capaldi. Um, that's his. Uh, that he's no longer the doctor. Not that he's dead, of course. Um, so, yeah, it does star Peter Capaldi. Brilliant as ever. And I was. What strikes me is that I was talking that there's this sort of stereotype about angry Scottish people, and Willie from The Simpsons is probably the most well-known one. 
but it that that is sort of feels like stereotype. Whereas Malcolm Tucker is he's just fantastic. Every every line just has you reeling with laughter. And overall, it is more it's a political film more than it's a comedy. I would say, um, because it's got that unique Britishness to it. Where you know, and even though there there is a lot more, um, you know, it's sort of split in the loop compared to uh, the thick of it. Um, the thick of it is almost entirely, you know, in just set of officers really um whereas the thick of it's uh the thick of it getting confused now um in the loop also has the american side to it and what did you think tom if you've seen it what do you think to the approach to the uh, use of americans in there because there's still not really american humor is there but it is no. it's a classic move to try and um no, the, you know, the get hu- this to sell overseas. The humour is still quintessentially British, but I think the inclusion, uh, the inclusion of the American cast is really, really solid. I love the the interplay between Malcolm Tucker and their American counterparts. Really, yeah. really funny. Really, really funny. It's just it was just like watching the thick of it again. Yeah, I was like, I didn't see. I saw it just as I came off of the series, and I just, uh, I just. The whole series and the film, I love to pieces. I I I watched it. I binge watched the series, then I watched the film. I first saw a clip of the film in in the cinema during one of my lectures, and I was howling with laughter. I didn't even know what it was, what it was, and then I went back and watched the series, and I'm like, oh, this is clicking with me now. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched, and then I watched uh, the film in full, and I just, I just absolutely adore it. Adore it. Um, yeah, the director also went on to make uh, the death of Starling, which I didn't quite like as much, but uh, I still, I still quite enjoyed it. I can say that I really enjoyed Death of Starling. No, I've watched that one at least. I've not. It's <laughs> so good. Yeah, it is. I really it is. Enjoy it. it is good. Uh, there are things that tick me off about it a bit, but it's mostly it is acted and directed very well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, that is in the loop. That is Ellis's pick, a very good pick, I must say, um, for uh, the films today. Now, I'm the only one that's seen this film. I saw it last week. I am, of course, talking about Doctor Sleep, the belated Shining sequel. Uh, and I thought this was solid. Yeah, it was long, and you definitely could feel the feel the length at times. Kind of like it. Kind of like it, chapter two. But I thought it was better than it, chapter two, because it it had a it, it had a cohesive cohesive coherent narrative. Um, uh, the uh, the acting um is really really good. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson uh to outstand um Rebecca Ferguson because she is just so good. You might think of her as like you might see her in the trailers and think, oh, she's the typical villain, and she is, but she brings so much more. She brings so much more to the role. She brings uh like she brings like a load of sort of not just like not just menace, but you know a lot of there's a there's a lot of pain in that performance. There's a lot of like grief to her character, which is which is very interesting. And of course, um. I was gonna, I was, I was, I was stop myself because I was gonna say James McAvoy, but it's not. It's Ewan McGregor as the older Danny Torrance is just is 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 really good. I think I think that was I think that was 
solid casting. Yeah. Um, because, like, all that, like, he understood the character, even though it was about 40 years after the original. You can tell that he studied that character and studied the film and just put on, like, a great, great performance. Um, and even the even the youngster, uh, the newcomer Kaylee Curran, uh, who plays the little girl in the trailers, who uh, figures out that she can she can shine as well as Danny. She was really good. Um, she was she's only thirteen, but um, I think she's got a real bright bright future ahead of her. I really do. Um, Mike Flanagan as a horror director is is just is just is just is excellent. You can tell that he loves the original Kubrick film. And and although he does like in the interviews, he does seem a bit like fanboyish at times. He really, he really gets it. He really gets the atmosphere. He nails. He nails. Like he sucks you in with this dark and kind of dingy, dirty kind of world. And it's just like the cinematography, like when it sweeps sweeps over fields and all of that stuff and it's really tension filled it's really really good stuff um i as i said it is really long yeah it's really long um so oh, some, oh. you know sometimes you can feel it sometimes you don't care because you're just hooked in with the characters but sometimes you can really feel it and that was a bit of an issue and there's a lot of I feel like this is kind of a repeat of if you remember when Blade Runner 2049 came out. Mm. Everybody was like, oh, this is such a good film. Oh, it's so good. It's going to do so well. And then that also kind of flopped. Well, I think because people seem to be... I think it's an error. It's a problem with the distribution companies or somebody. It's a problem with the suit, you know. Uh, It's this sort of thing that people sort of assume that because something's had a cult following, because... The thing with Blade Runner was is that the original film never did particularly well anyway. So they just sort of assumed that this cult following after, you know, 25, 30 years was just going to sort of amass and spread so that it was in there was an enormous audience for it. And it is a fantastic film. I'm glad they made it. I'm glad they could get the budgeting to make a film as good as Blade Runner 2049. And I imagine that Doctor Sleep probably feels very similar. Um, it does, yeah, but it's just a, a, assuming that some, a film's going to do do big without actually having put the research in. It, it's mm. again, it's trying to buy into this nostalgia generation, but mm. sometimes it works and you get great films out of it, and then sometimes you know it it doesn't. It I can't don't. think of an example of my. You, own, you are you are you are pretty much on the on the money because we're talking about a film that's coming out almost 40 years i know i said this before it's been almost 40 years since the original i went to go and see it with my mum my mum's only seen the shining once and that was when she was 14 wow well uh, yeah it's a very well-known film yeah very well known i don't think it's i don't think it's still seen i think outside of the circle of people that i know and people that are interested in film yeah um there's probably not a great deal of people that have seen it so, no, yeah. or people, people probably have seen it and then forgotten about yeah, it. Yeah. So it they're, hasn't. They're the it, same age as you and McGregor now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it, it doesn't have that appreciation anymore. I think they've yeah. like they've waited a long time, and I'm not sure if we 
Yeah, I'm not sure if we needed a Shining sequel. I don't think we needed one, but I'm glad. What I'm glad of what I saw. Yeah, it was very, it was very on the money. Mike Flanagan is very, very good with horror. I think he's one of the best sort of modern like genre genre directors. The acting's really, really good. Cinematography is some of it is fantastic, um, and it stays true to the Shining legacy, which I think is a big thing for me because I was watching some of it, and yes, there are there are uh, it's a Shining sequel, so there are going to be bits bits and pieces here and there, and I thought they were really, I thought they were like just 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 honest with it and just like that you could tell everybody really all the actors director really cared about the source material and the and the film that inspired so many people so and they got it i think they got it as well as they could have got it i think it could have been i think it could have been worse it definitely could have been worse i think King himself's had a better response to this, though, hasn't he? Because yeah. he it is um, infamously thinks that Shining is the worst adaptation of any of his works. Yes. Um, so it's nice to hear hear that as well. Yeah. Which the, I think you know they they had to do again. It's that thing of they were trying to blend two different sort source materials. So yeah. um, which I'd be able to give my two cents on more. Yeah, to be fair, <laughs> uh, he has done a, the director has done a Stephen King adaptation before. Mm-hmm. He did the Netflix film Gerald's Game. Yes, he did. Ooh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, I like Gerald's Game. I forgot. Well, I forgot so. about that. Mike, Mike Flanagan has made some really good, really good stuff. He's made, he, the, another film he's made was Ouija, uh, uh, what, Origin, Origin of Evil. Origin Evil, which, which I heard was better than the it original. It was better than the original. Uh, I don't think he made the original, which is good. No, he didn't. <laughs> because that would have been yeah. a bit... Um, well, I reckon that down. that s- sounds like it could be an, an original film, maybe, on the way from him. He also so. did The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. He did that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's got, a, series. he's got a good track record as yeah. far as yeah. he's going. So. Over, o- overall, Doctor Sleep was well acted, well, well photographed. It stays true to the original and does justice to the the legacy it, it left behind it really really did i'm so glad that i can sing its praises here today because i thought i was i thought i thought it was not going to be good at all and i went out of it thinking really really good it's definitely better than it chapter two which i had a lot of problems with uh it wasn't just the length um but i think dr sleep Make more than makes up for the second it uh, second it film. So um, it's still out. It's gonna be still out. I'm not sure if you you if I've convinced you to. Well, you I, I didn't realise that it would be out all this time after. So yeah, I I thought that it might be a uh, going from theatres quite fast actually. To be mm. fair. Yeah, not gonna lie because yeah. it it did like heavily flop. Every everybody thought this was gonna do better. But, I mean, I was going to see it anyway, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I'm going to see it anyway. Yeah. You don't yeah. mind spending two and a half hours in a Whether that's cinema. at the cinema or <laughs> further down the line. Yeah. Because there is, like, other films at the moment that have come out that I need to yeah. 
catch up with as well. Yeah, there is. Uh, and the, the bottom line of it is I, I, I turned to my mum after, after seeing it and she had said, I enjoyed it, which I didn't think that she was going to say. So she doesn't really like horror films anyway. To so. be fair, like a complete tangent. Yeah. Uh, my mum, uh, she, uh, she's not a biggest, big fan of like art house drama films. Mm. But we went to go and see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. After that came out on uh, my birthday. Mm. And <laughs> for some reason she enjoyed it. I was like, this film is literally like two hours and 40 minutes of basically nothing until the end. I really enjoyed it. I yeah. know I'm saying that. But for some reason she enjoyed it. I was like, how does that work? Sometimes <laughs> films are just good. Yeah. <laughs> Plus that's also another film that's like really long. Because we've had like a lot of long films this year. We've had Infin uh, Infinity War, Endgame. I think films just are. Like three hours. I I used to get this quite a lot where there was, uh, I don't have much dialogue with my sister about films because she, well, she, she'll often say, if she hears me talking to somebody else, nobody cares about the lighting. So just as a, a very vague insult <laughs> to whatever I'm interested in, I guess. Um, but yeah, she always used to, uh, she doesn't like films being over two hours. She says that those, they're films that are longer than they need to be, but most films now, they're you know, they are running into sort of between the two and two and a half hour and, you know, getting closer to the three hour mark. So because yeah. obviously when if you go back when Avatar came out, mm. that was a long film. It then, was yeah. now in comparison, it's just it's average. That was just like three over so, three hours, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like the three biggest films of all time are over three hours long. Mm. Yeah. So you and got, you know, early earlier this year, another long film by uh the second by Ari Aster, Midsummer. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed. That's one of my favorite films of the year. That is, uh, I watched Hereditary a few weeks before I saw it. I was with my brother at, um, just sitting there, and at the end we just couldn't move because we didn't really know we couldn't kind of digest what we just saw transpire on screen. But that's an, that's another case of like you know, there's a director's cut as well of the film that's released with the Blu-ray. Uh, there's a director's cut of, I think, 170 minutes. The original was like 160-ish. Yeah, 50-ish. 60-ish, I think. It was, I think it was just over two, hour, two yeah. hours, 40 minutes. Yeah. But that's, you know, it's just just like, you know, it, not some things, you know, more doesn't mean better, but in some cases, in some cases it is. I mean, with, with It Chapter 2, it wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't. But with stuff like Midsummer and Doctor Sleep, Doctor Sleep's really good. I really enjoyed it. I I recommend that you two see it uh, whenever you can. I know uh, it's not probably won't be in cinemas for too much longer, but I might, uh, might try and convince people to watch it on Friday rather than last Christmas. But um, yeah, 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 we'll see. Double bill, <laughs> double bill. Well, I think the um, yeah, that's probably a different conversation. Actually, is the yeah. is the extended extended cut thing that has been plaguing cinema yeah. for a couple of years. But... I I'm gonna <laughs> this Snyder cut thing that like keeps going on is like really annoying to me. Yeah. Is like, it is it gonna be a thing now? Because I heard that it was definitely gonna be a thing. Like I kinda don't want it to because he left the film halfway through. Yes. So 
there is technically not going to be a Snyder Cut because he left halfway through. The, the, his cut of the film is in, unfinished. Mm. There's no point in him bringing out a cut of the film that is unfinished. Mm. Yeah. Like Picked it's, up by Joss Whedon. I don't get why. Yeah. But people, <sighs> people still want it. People are still clamoring for it for some reason. I don't know. That was as a Superman was not a good film. It? I don't know. Neither was Justice League. Yeah, neither was Justice League. No. Justice League was better than Batman v Superman, but it's still bad. It's a very middling film. Yeah. All of these are like longer films, uh, longer films, you know. The only films have to be as long as they, you know, have to be. You know, if you feel that you can tell a story which is which is gripping and you know like interesting for two two more than two and a half hours and go for it but yeah if you like if you if you have two and a half what if you want to make a film that's over two and a half hours you need to have a lot of material yeah yeah like but a hell of a lot of material if dr sleep was half an hour short i think it'd be great I thought well, it, I mean, even Endgame. I mean, I love Endgame, and I still thought there was bits in that where it was it was like when they were like, "Oh, this film has to be this long," and then I was watching it, and I think about half an hour in, I I already thought this film doesn't doesn't have to be this long. But uh, not to put it down for being it for it being anything less than phenomenal, because I thought it was. I don't, I don't think it really, you know, I don't think it was quite Infinity War, but it was still very very good. Um, but yeah, even then, I still thought there's there's places where I, there's things that I, I'd caught or things that I'd have done a different way. Um, but probably a long way off before somebody gives allows me to have a budget of that size. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean that <laughs> I'll is just sit back and enjoy <laughs> yeah, it for yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> Four hundred million is a very big budget. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a big trend nowadays of films getting longer. I mean, in the past, films were longer and then there was a time where you know an hour and a half was was an hour and a half two hours was the norm and now we're getting back to the the era of slow going slow burning two two and a half hour films uh i'm not sure where it's where it's going to go i think it might die down again i think because people yeah i think it will be a backup i i don't think your, your kids films and never going to really no. exceed that two hour mark. I oh no, think. never, never. Because of that, um, it's gonna it's it sort of keeps a cap on the market, you know. I mean it, it film you're not going a film's not gonna be you're not gonna be watching films that are an hour and an hour and a half until you reach sort of I don't know, fourteen or fifteen and then start watching films that are five, six hour long epics, you know. Wait for yeah. the, you know, a new six hour release of Ben Hur isn't coming around anytime soon. But yeah. it's yeah, it's still interesting. I think there could there could be uh, longer films. I I wouldn't be too against you know the odd a uh, four hour film, providing there was a little intermission while you were at the cinema or whatever. But yeah. it depends how much people more people want to experiment. And as we did discuss last week, but don't think we'll go into too much now. Um, yeah. there are a lot of upcoming directors to watch out for. We mentioned no, it wasn't last week; it was the week before. We mentioned. Uh, Taika Waititi, obviously. Um, I think Mike Flanagan's probably on that radar now. He is definitely. He is definitely. Since since I have first heard him from uh, his film uh, Oculus. Have you heard of that? His, yeah, Oculus, uh, which was another sort of family-based horror film. Um, he also made the film like Hush as well. I think that was on Netflix for a while. But 
these new horror directors, these new directors, new class are really getting their getting their, getting their dues now, as you yeah, said, Taika with TT. Uh, you know, uh, the Russo brothers Russo were brothers. at that point at one point, and uh, so it. You you never know what's going to happen over the sort of next five ten years of films. There are been some more experimental sort. Jojo Rabbit, I mean, for one, is yeah. Uh, you know, I can't wait to see that because that's something very different. Yeah. One of those people is also Damien Chazelle as well. Damien Chazelle, who's uh, confirmed what his next films about. Denis Denis Villeneuve, uh, he's 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 he's, he's definitely one to the Office guy that did. Uh, what did he do? A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place. Yeah. John Krasinski. John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely. Ari, Ari Aster as well. But, yeah. um, uh, well, I think, uh, without dragging it on for too long, that's probably about it, unless any of well, you've got anything I think I was over. thinking we could talk about, um, a couple of trailers that came out. Yes. Um, yeah, if you want. Scratch All right. One for Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody's seen Sonic Actually, the Hedgehog. Yeah. He's. He looks a lot now. better now. He's fixed now, apparently. Uh, it does look a lot better, and like it gives me more hope than I had. I mean, I wasn't going into it with too much hope to begin with, but you know, uh, I think it still doesn't look that good. <laughs> no, well, it's yeah. never a film that I, I'd think I'd go and see. But again, going back to the same friend, coincidentally, that since George Michael is a massive Sonic fan, so uh, I'll probably end up giving it a go because sometimes it's just funny to see people like their little odd <laughs> odd things to it's yeah it's not a franchise i think of as being as massive as it used to be but it's definitely a fan base out there oh, yeah. uh, and it's certainly done itself a favor by becoming a big um part of the internet now and yeah, there's not many filmmakers or editors or anything out there that have respected the fans that much to completely rehaul mm. a character design. That was kind of a good publicity play as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, I mean, there yeah. has been some people that have said that the whole thing was designed as a publicity stunt to begin with, and I thought it's too... No, they they yeah. were going down the realistic route for me, yeah. I think, and then people were just like, no, no, nobody wants to see Sonic with real teeth. No, yeah. nobody so, does. Yeah. It's kind of like the cats thing. Uh, I said this as well. We <laughs> oh, talk cat. about cats. No, we don't talk about, they don't talk about sleeping cats again here. recently. And... They <laughs> they put real noses on them. It's terrifying. Yeah, oh, I know. That's... I felt like I should have put cat noses on them. Mm. Yeah. Well, there has uh, yeah there has been some discussion that they might be thinking about giving that a bit of a rehaul because of the Sonic yeah. reaction. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that's that, the entire cast. Though, to be so. fair though, that film does come out very very soon. It comes yeah. out literally next month on the 20th yeah so yeah. if they'll do anything i don't know near christmas Who knows? near christmas we i saw have a new trailer that yeah they look yeah. completely different any anyway i saw i saw the trailer in front of the new uh in front of the new lion king and i was terrified i saw the trailer in front of maleficent <laughs> a mistress of evil yeah <laughs> and um, i was just i was yeah. so scared i just got sent it and opened it up and didn't know why anybody had sent me that trailer. So. I know I'm definitely going to see it just because Taylor Swift is in it because yeah. I'm a big fan mm. and she's going to have songs in it and I'm going to be like, wow, this is so good. Yeah. The soundtrack anyway. Whether I like the actual film will be decided by how good uh, it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, I just I just never... Well, if it had looked better, I'd, I'd probably think about giving it a, a chance. But um, Who knows? You I've might be one of the next trailer. Cats. So, he yeah. might be won over by the next trailer. 
I might, but yeah, I doubt it. I mean, I'm not a musical fan anyway. No. So, um, a musical, unintended horror fest is certainly uh, not something that I'm I'm interested in seeing. But it's Cats has got a following. It's had a had a big following for a long time. Um, been a Broadway hit for years and years. So, and the other thing I wanted to talk about, talking of animals, is the new Scoob trailer. Mm, yes, the animated that looks so good. Scooby Doo. Origin story. I'm so excited for that. It looks so good. Scooby Doo is. I'm pretty sure it's all of our childhoods. It is just because we all watched it when we were for 50 years younger. now as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm so excited to see this. Plus, the voices are really good. Uh see, that was the one thing that I was let down a little by from the trailer. Uh, Fred, in particular. Um, I'm more on a bit Scoob. Uh, Scoob. Oh uh, yes, yeah, I mean. Uh, Shaggy, mm-hmm. yeah, Scoob and Shaggy are fine. So yeah. and yeah, what's the release date for that? Uh, Mid May twenty twenty. Yeah, so it's it's a while off. So why, yeah, yeah. I've always been a big Scooby Doo fan since I was a little kid. So I mean, we we watched a bunch of them. The original uh, Scooby Doo, Where Are You? The other day. My- so it's just a timeless classic. There's so many ways you can go with it, and they've gone in the wrong direction a couple of times, and they've gone in the right direction most of the time. Those so. two for th- those two thousand live action ones. <laughs> Well, yeah. they were fun, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody, um, I remember those. My favourite scene... It's not that long since I've watched them. Because, yeah. <laughs> my favourite scene in the trailer was the naming scene, obviously, yeah. where um, the dog pen person comes up and is like, well, this is a mangy stray. It's coming with me. And he asked for the name. Also, who asked for the middle name of a dog? Who gives their dog a middle name? Yeah, my dog doesn't have a middle name. Uh, a couple of my dogs have had middle names. Yeah, I mean, mm. pedigrees have got always have interesting names. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just found it really weird, like asking somebody what what their dog's middle name is. Yeah, that's that is but that is a weird true. practice. It was my favorite scene just because obviously his name is Scooby Dooby Doo. Scooby Dooby Doo, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No. That was very nostalgic trailer. Yeah, but that is um, that is uh, all the trailers, and I think that's about all we have time for. It's been a, it's been a, it's been an interesting chat with you again, lads. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for another podcast. Uh, for have you seen it? It's been me, Tom, me, Dan, and Ellis, and we are signing off because we've seen it. And you've heard it. That's not going to become a regular catchphrase, but uh, (laughs) there we go. And yeah, that's a wrap for this week. So thank you for listening. Thank you very much. See you soon.